More plausible burials found at the site of a former residential school, this time in northwestern Ontario. A new marshal service to be based out of Prince Albert. Canada leads the world in organ transplants from people who chose MAID. Protests outside the residence of a former priest who should be extradited to Canada. And a Republican candidate in the United States is charged with shooting at the houses of Democratic officials. Good morning. It's Wednesday, January 18th. I'm Nora, and here are your headlines. We start this morning in Kenora, where Washcook Oningham Nation has said that more than 170, quote, plausible burials have been found during the search of unmarked graves at a former residential school site. This is just days after Star Blanket Cree Nation announced that it had found 2,000 hits at the site of another former residential school. The nation said that with the exception of five grave markers, the area is unmarked by anything that would indicate that one should be buried there. The area searched was done in consistency with Anishinaabe protocols, and school survivors were the ones who identified where to search. The school was called St. Mary's Indian Residential School. It was in operation from 1897 until 1972. It's already been confirmed that at least 36 students have died there when they were enrolled at the school. One of those students was Rosaline Bird, who died in 1941. The archives of the Société Historique de Saint-Boniface has a photo montage of Rosaline's honor, including an image of her grave marking. As the residential school was operated by the Obelite Religious Order, Indigenous students in the 1950s who lived in Kenora and who'd hoped to go on to high school were often sent to other Obelite schools, either one in Pembroke, Ontario, or one in Labrette, Saskatchewan. Labrette was the site where Star Blanket Cree Nation had found those 2,000 markers. And just a reminder that if you're affected by the news of these findings or of any other findings related to residential schools, the Indian Residential School Crisis Line is there to provide support to former students and those affected. You can call them at 1-866-925-4419. Now to Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, where Premier Scott Moe has announced that a new marshal service will be based out of the RCMP detachment in Prince Albert. The marshal service will be comprised of 70 new officers and will be, quote, expected to work with other policing services, particularly when it comes to arresting those wanted on warrants, according to Moe. It will also investigate, quote, farm-related offenses like theft and trespassing. It's expected to cost $20 million annually. Of course, farm-related theft is a charged term that harkens images of white farmers being aggressive and even deadly towards Indigenous people under the guise of protecting private property. Syme's article doesn't get into any of that. It also doesn't mention the racial realities of Prince Albert or Northern Saskatchewan and the role that an increased police presence is going to have on Indigenous populations. His article only quotes police organizations and Mo himself, leaving a huge gap in the reporting about what this so-called service is going to mean for Prince Albert's large Indigenous population and the significant Indigenous population that lives across Saskatchewan's north and far north regions. It's an especially curious omission considering how many times violent crime in the north was referenced in the article. 
It forgets to mention, for anyone that isn't aware, that 42% of the population of Prince Albert is Indigenous. It also fails to mention the fraught relationship that security forces have with people in their custody in PA. This past Monday night, a PA police service officer shot and killed a man. An article from the Prince Albert Herald by Bailey Sutherland is light on details, but says that an officer arrived at a location, quote, for an investigation, unquote, and that a man was shot and killed after a confrontation. That is not the first time that someone has died at the hands of the PA police services. In November 2021, in a span of a few weeks, three men died in the custody of PA police. And this past November, a man died in the custody of the Saskatchewan Penitentiary, which is located in PA. This new marshal service raised a lot of questions. Certainly looks bad if you look at it through the lens of settler colonialism, but it is definitely something to pay attention to. Now to national news through an international study. An international study into organ transplants from people who have chosen assisted suicide has found that the country that has had the most organ transplants from made is Canada. The study only looked at four countries in the world who formally allow made, and the report's results were from 2021, but were published in December 2022. The news comes from CTV's Avis Favreau, and it says that Canada comprised just under half of all organ transplants from made patients from 2016 to 2021. 6% of all transplants in 2021 in Canada came from people who have chosen made. Favreau quotes Arthur Schaefer, the director for the Center of Professional Applied Ethics at the University of Manitoba, saying that he thinks that this situation is a win-win. That's certainly one way to look at it. For me, it set off dystopian alarm bells, I'll be honest. On one hand, of course, it's wonderful that someone can save other people's lives through organ donation in the last moments of their lives. It certainly raises ethical questions about how much choice people have as they near the end of their lives. As always, there's an important class dimension to this. Someone who has supports, who's making the decisions free from duress that could be caused by external factors like poverty or a lack of access to services, that person is a great candidate to make such an important and life-changing decision. But that's not the case for everybody who chooses MAID. And while these statistics largely show people who chose MAID under the previous regime, Canada has expanded MAID to people whose deaths are not reasonably foreseeable. Someone who's in great distress, as mentioned by Dr. Trudeau Lemons in the article, uh, who feels like they're a burden to society, might choose to donate their organs as some sort of act of being worth something uh, in, a, in a situation that otherwise they feel like they have no worth. That very easily could take us down a very dangerous path. But going back to the statistics, 65% of people who seek MAID have cancer. And because of the nature of the disease, none of these people are eligible to donate their organs. Organ donation was more possible from people that had illnesses like ALS, illnesses that didn't ravage all of their organs and that they were still able to give some away to people who needed them. Again, it's one of these issues that requires very careful regulation very thoughtful regulation, and that comes with a ton of supports for people who are choosing MAID, whether or not their life is 
at its reasonably foreseeable end. Now to France, where a protest was held outside of the long-term care facility of Johannes Revoir. He lives in Lyon, and activists were calling on the French government to extradite him to Canada. Rivoire worked as a priest in Nunavut from the 1960s until 1993. He was charged in 1998 for sexual abuse of Inuit children. While those charges were stayed in 2017, he was charged with another sexual assault allegation in February 2022. The French government has refused to extradite him. Emma Tranter from Nunatsiak News is reporting that a group of demonstrators in France involved in a group called Be Brave France were the ones who staged the protest outside of his facility. A representative of Be Brave, Arnaud Gallet, said that, quote, it's atrocious. The French government is doing nothing. We want Emmanuel Macron to extradite him. The event, Gallet said, wasn't exactly a protest, but more of a campaign to bring awareness to the fact that Rivoire has been charged in Canada. Tranter reported that back in September, a delegation led by Nunavut Tunagavik Incorporated traveled to France to demand Rivoire's extradition to Canada. While they were there, they actually met with Rivoire himself. The delegation included an alleged victim of Rivoire's. And a quick story international news this morning. Let's talk about Solomon Pena, a failed Republican candidate for the New Mexico House of Representatives. He's been arrested for organizing the shooting attacks on houses of four Democratic officials in Albuquerque. The attacks happened from December 4th until January 3rd of this year. ABC News is reporting that Pena allegedly paid men cash and directed them to shoot at the homes of the officials. One unloaded more than a dozen rounds at one of the homes. While this news in and of itself isn't probably so important that it should be considered international news, the idea that failed Trumpist candidates are so motivated that they will organize and pay men to shoot at their opponents' houses is something that is probably worth paying attention to. Those are your headlines for Wednesday, January 18th. I'm Nora. I hope you have a wonderful day.